Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is an attitude that a person has. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Michael Coburn, a consultant and former teacher about leadership, self-management, and work ethic. Michael's wisdom is evident right from the start, so you can expect to receive tons of golden nuggets from this conversation. All right, here's my chat with Michael Coburn. All right, Michael, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Perfect, perfect. First of all, Michael, as we do every single week, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out to talk with us because I know even though you say you're semi-retired, I know you have a ton of things going on. Very busy, man. So we appreciate you taking the time. You betcha. This is a good start for the week for me. The second thing I'd like to do is to ask you to tell us about yourself. Now, Michael, when I say that, what I mean is feel free to go all the way back to when it all started, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. Well, I won't go all the way back to my birth, although a lot of things happened in my childhood, which I think were significant. But I think my educational background, I I started out as an industrial engineer, working as an industrial engineer and industrial engineering manager. So I had a lot of left brain training in my college career and also my first work career. But I think one of those moments that were significant for me was when I was in my Late teens, early 20s, when I was still in college, I got involved with an organization called the Catholic Young Adult Organization. And a mentor of mine, Father Dodd, had a major impact on my life. And he showed me things about myself or being involved in the organization that I didn't know I had. He introduced me to the strength of leadership and the importance of service to others. And that really was a major transformation part in my life because I found that working out in the shop and working with frontline people, I start seeing their strengths and talents. And I always wonder, says, why can't the organization tap in on that? Because they're good people. I grew up in a home where they were frontline people. So I knew they were good people. And I think that time in my life in my early 20s was transformational. So I went on after working as an industrial engineer and manager. I started my own firm in performance improvement and also helping people with strategy, organizations with strategy. I found out that 
the planning of strategy is important, but implementing strategy is a real where it really counts. And I found that getting leadership, not only at the top, but throughout the organization, was key to success in making strategy work. So kind of put together the right brain and my left brain kind of got to talk to each other and it seemed to work out much better. And quite frankly, it was a lot more fun working that way. Got it. Fantastic story. I want to take a hard left turn and learn a little bit more about you. What's your favorite thing to do? I love tennis. I never played tennis when I was younger, but my wife, we went on a trip with one of my clients and everyone was playing tennis. So I started playing about 20, 25 years ago. Absolutely love it. Play tennis after this pandemic about three days a week. It's just such a great outlet because one thing when you play tennis, you got to focus on hitting that ball so you don't let anything else get in your way. So that's a fun thing I do. The other thing is just spending time with family and friends. I, I think I really appreciate that now with what we're going through. We couldn't get together with my kids and grandkids yesterday. So we're having a family outing tonight on Zoom. And it's just so much fun doing that. And the other part is in my teaching, I had three careers. One is an engineer, engineering manager. The other is a consultant. And the third was teaching. So I find learning and teaching all go together. And I had so much fun teaching students. The learning never stopped even after I, quote, semi-retired. Those are the three things that I spend my time with. Now, tell me a little bit more about the family outing on Zoom. How does that work? Well, my kids are much more tech savvy than me, but we're going to get together and we'll get to see each other on Zoom. And it'll be funny because we haven't done this before. I've done it with one or two people, but we're going to do the whole family. And it's one of those gatherings where there's no agenda. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of humor. My kids and me have a, a interesting sense of humor. It takes people a while to get used to us because we kid each other a lot. Anytime my family gets together, my kids and grandkids, everybody hugs everybody else. And so we'll have to work that out, what virtual hug looks like. So it's just fun. We play games together. We just kid. We just have fun with each other. So we're going to see how well we can do that tonight. I'm sure it's going to go over well. <laughs> it sounds like a good time. Yeah. Now, you mentioned a couple of times in there, the pandemic, the COVID-19 thing that we're experiencing. It's a challenge and it's caused us to really take a step back and to look at our lives in a different way. And one of the things that we always talk about on the show is mindset and perspective. So given that, what's your mindset or perspective in terms of overcoming challenges? How do you approach them? How do you attack them? How do you overcome them? Good question. When I feel myself getting tense or frustrated or challenged, I just find taking one action changes my internal perspective. So I go from frustration to, hey, I can do something about this. I give one story in my book about a friend of mine who is one of those people who seem to have such a sense of calm and challenges. And what I found out from her was there are three questions you can ask. And she was a natural. She never told me these questions. But the first thing is, when I'm in a challenge, the first question is, instead of being frustrated about what I don't want, don't like, I find asking the question, so what do I care about? What's bothering me? What is it that I care about? What is the value that's being violated here? And that transforms my thinking. When I start thinking about what I care about instead about what I'm frustrated about, my mindset changes. And then the second question I find myself asking is, so what can I do about it? And very often, there's a lot of things we can't do, but I always get an answer to that question. There's always some small things you can do. 
And then the third question, which is the most powerful question that I can answer, is what will I do? Will takes a can do to real action. And just taking small actions on actions of the will changes my attitude tremendously. I can't change everything, but I can certainly change how I approach it. So I find that's good and it helps me transform myself from frustration to strength. What a fantastic segue to my next question. Twofold, what is motivation to you and what motivates you? Well, let me tell you what motivates me is really making a difference, having an impact. As we work up in our career, we're looking to get ahead, which is good and learn things and things like that. But to know that you can make an impact on people. And motivation to me is that sense of personal purpose in our life. So when I'm working with other people, I find they don't need to motivate them, but I can help them find their purpose to motivate themselves. And one of my interests in my doctoral work, which is actually in adult education, was self-directed learning. And I'm finding that it's so much fun to help people find their purpose and help them find their own motivation. So that's the best way I can answer that question, I guess. All right. So what is inspiration and what inspires you? Let me give you a story. When I teach my class, I like to use a seminar style. And I teach a seminar style in the strategy class I've taught and also the self-management class I've taught. And what inspires me is at the end of class, the last class, when we finish up and people walk out of the room, when I see them hugging each other, that is powerful. But I really enjoy it when they really get motivated by other people, by people in their class, you start seeing relationships build. And so I think that I'm inspired when I see things that go on outside me that I don't have to be the, always a the prime mover, but create an environment where people can inspire themselves and inspire others. And it was three years since I retired, although I taught a couple of classes since then. But I get these contacts from my students almost weekly. I'm talking to my students and they just inspire me and how strong they are. And it's also inspired by people who can do things that I have not thought of and they keep me going. And a lot of them are my students. So talk about a butterfly moment in your life when you went from being in a cocoon to being a beautiful butterfly. I was working with this one company. I'd only been working with them for a few months. And they gave me this project. I'm an industrial engineer at that time. And they gave me this project to look at this one department. They're just trying to increase productivity a little bit so that they could shut down during the holidays and so they would have enough product. But I got out there and I said, well, we can do it much better than this. So what I did was, with the help of the people on the shop floor and another engineer or two working with me, we completely redesigned the whole process. And I was able to sell the CEO to do this. And it was pretty good savings. And I remember the one day I walked in, they were ready to install the new system. And I walked out into this area of the plant, which had 5,000 square feet, and there was nothing there. They took everything that was there before and scrapped it. And I looked at that. I said, holy crap, they actually are going to do this. And they did it based on my drawings and my selling of this project. So it was one of these times where I was both scared and tremendously motivated. It was exhilarating. And I find that when I've had those moments, that was one of the first moments. I think I've had other moments even before that. But that was the time where I found that I could really do things and that, that I could collaborate with other people. And it turned out it worked out well. But that being at, at both scared and exhilarated was that kind of that butterfly moment for me. And I've had a number of those and I wouldn't give them away for anything. 
it's always good to have more than one of those moments. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I enjoy it. I remember the first time I taught a class. I taught a class at a high state in civil engineering, and I didn't even have my master's degree. And this professor heard me talk at a conference, and he said, would you like to teach this class for me? And I said, I don't even have a master's degree, and I'm teaching these graduate and undergraduate students. And I think going in there and finding out that I could make an impact was another butterfly moment, but it was always being afraid and exhilarated at the same time. And life is worth living when you can do stuff like that. Absolutely. Be afraid and exhilarated at the same time. I like that. So let's build on that motivation, inspiration, and transformation and give us a two-minute lesson on anything you choose. All right. Let's talk about self-management. I have found working with organizations, I certainly work with top organizational leaders to build an organization that is supportive of people and high engagement and treating people the way they should be treated. But as working with them, I found there's another part of it too that is just as important. It was self-management, that there's a role that each person in organization really can play and need to play to manage themselves, so not wait for people to manage themselves. So I define self-management as the ability and the will to work in the best interest of the organization in such a way that intrinsic motivation replaces any external consequences needed to reward or punish performance. That's how I try to integrate the whole organization together to make changes that are not only good for the organization, but also good for the people themselves. So before we wrap up, Michael, I'd like you to spend just a little bit of time talking about the concept of thinking like an entrepreneur. I teach people in the organization how to develop a performance agreement with their organization. And that's completely different than a job description. It's a strength-based approach. And what happened was I used the same process that I use in helping strategy with organizational leaders. I had them identify their key customers, going out, asking them questions, analyzing the results, putting together their own scorecard. I found, and that really comes together in a performance agreement, which is basically the same thing that the organization does to identify what are their core competencies, what are they good at, what are the customers need, and things like that. And I think the process of helping them create performance agreements automatically helps them figure out helps them become entrepreneur. I have a story when I was working at a bakery between my senior year in high school and my freshman year in college, the head of the bakery would leave and I'd be there alone. And he said, Michael, run the place like you owned it. And I think he showed confidence in me to make the right decisions. And I think that's what I mean by being entrepreneurial is really to run the place as if it's your own it and be sensitive to the customers, be sensitive to your teammates and do it in an authentic way and let your leadership come out because leadership is not a title. Leadership is an attitude that a person has. Awesome, awesome golden nuggets. So Michael, if people want to learn more about what you do and also reach out to you, how can they do that? My email is dr. Colburn, C-O-L-B-U-R-N, at gmail.com. I also have a webpage, www.michaelcolburn, small letters, phd.com. And on there, I have some blogs. I have information about my book and a number of things I've written and opportunity. And I'd be love to talk to anybody. And those are two good sources for it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. You betcha. Enjoyed it very much. You have a great day, okay? You too. 
Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.